Hey there, it's Ron. We have a special event coming up this month. Join us at the Denver Zine Fest on Sunday, June 24th at the McNichols Building in Civic Center Park. This event is free and will feature over 90 exhibitors along with a special presentation from Warring Cookies of the Revolution and yours truly, the narrators. Visit denverzinelibrary.org for event times and more details. Our next regular monthly shows will take place on June 12th at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego and on June 20th at Bumpport Theater in Denver. The theme of the evening will be periods. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. This next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from Amanda Hergott. She told this story about her past as a fraternity member colliding with her present as a trans woman on April 18th, 2018 at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was clubs. Um, so this is a story about a club that I joined on false pretenses. And when I say false pretenses, I don't mean that I lied to them in order to get in. I mean I lied to myself about who I was and whether I belonged there. It was about 20 years ago, back in college, and the club was called Delta Chi. It's a fraternity, a men's fraternity. And the lie that I told myself is that I was a man. As you can see, I am not a man. I am a trans woman. But I didn't know that at the time. I thought I was a guy... So it made sense to join a fraternity. Um, I needed a way to make friends, and I really desperately wanted to have a normal college experience. Um, I just wanted to be normal, period. And that was the way I chose to do it, by surrounding myself with the kind of people I thought I was supposed to be. The plan was that being around those people would force me to be normal, uh, which it did, kind of. Um, I learned how to be a normal guy. I convinced myself that's what I was but sometimes the pressure would build and need to be released. Like there was this time that I was down in our storage room and found a box of somebody's girlfriend's clothing down there. Uh, we were the same size and I just couldn't resist the temptation. Uh, and I tried everything on and just sort of pranced around the room for a bit and then put it all back before anybody could see me. Um, and I had no idea why I did that or why I felt the need to do that. Um, and I hated myself for it. Um, but at the same time, it felt really great. Like, I was finally able to just get that out of my system. Um, really, it was just that for a brief hour, um, I got to be me. So you would think being a closeted trans girl in a house full of frat boys would be really awkward and distressing. <laughs> um, but that, that wasn't really the case. Um, I fit in just fine and got along with everybody. And in fact, those were some of the best years of my life. Um, I had so much fun, and I made so many friends. It was, it was great. I, everyone, including me, was convinced that I belonged in the sacred bond of brotherhood, and we really did become as close as brothers. Uh, we shared everything, except for that one thing I did not share. But besides brotherhood, uh, the other big part of my fraternity experience was learning how to be a gentleman. Delta Chi was really big on that, so our rituals and retreats and pledge classes were all about teaching us to be proper college-educated gentlemen, um, tying ties, how to act around women, firm handshakes, that kind of thing. Um, my favorite was probably the rule about how all the guys in the room should stand when a woman enters the room. Um, we had a lot of fun with that one because our girlfriends hated it so much. <laughs> but... Uh, but they were very much reinforcing this traditional idea of what it means to be a man. 
Um, what they didn't know is that the whole time they were teaching me how to be a man, I was trying to figure out how to be a girl. Uh, during semester breaks, I would make the eight-hour drive home wearing high heels. I had a stash of clothing in my parents' basement under a pool table. Um, I would browse websites and fantasize about magically becoming a woman. And then I would put all that away and go back to school and be part of this men's organization because that's where I thought I belonged. I mean, it sounds silly when I describe it like that, but you know, somehow I just never quite connected the pieces. Uh, in fact, it wasn't until just this past year that I finally accepted who I am and told all my brothers that they actually have a sister. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they're, they're all cool with it, I think. Um, if any of them aren't, they're all at least staying quiet. Although, when I came out on Facebook, I did get a lot of comments like, hey, we still love you, man, and you'll always be our brother, <laughs> which really is not the best thing to say when someone comes out to you as trans. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'm still officially a member of Delta Chi. Um, we were always told that by being initiated, we had joined the brotherhood of a lifetime. You know, once a brother, always a brother. Uh, there was an alumni ceremony and everything, so I, I still get emails from my chapter in the national headquarters, and of course they're all addressed to Brother Hergat, uh, usually encouraging me to be involved and help mentor the next generation of Delta Chi men, uh, which is really awkward because I'm not the best role model for how to be a man. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, I haven't even been involved with any of that stuff since graduation, so this wouldn't even be on my mind. Um, except that by strange coincidence, the Delta Chi National Convention is going to be held in Denver this year. So I have a bunch of old friends who are flying out here, and they want to see me, the new me, and they're talking about us all going to convention together. And that's kind of forcing me to confront this question of what exactly my status is within this fraternity. Am I still a brother? Will they allow me past the door looking the way I do? Um, do I even want to be part of this organization that still has a no girls allowed sign hanging outside its treehouse? Uh, so I, I did some research and it, it turns out they actually addressed this issue a couple years ago, um, sort of. At the 2016 convention, they adopted a resolution to define what it means to be male according to their bylaws. Apparently some of the chapters had been asking that question. Uh, so they issued this resolution saying any individual who identifies as male is eligible for membership which basically means that trans men are not welcome to be initiated, so yay. Um, but it doesn't say anything about trans women. And at the same time, they're expanding their definition of what it means to be a man, they're doubling down on reinforcing their all-male status. That same resolution says very insistently, multiple times, that Delta Chi is still a single-sex organization and their principles and ideals are still based on the idea of exclusive brotherhood. So where does that leave me as a member who no longer identifies as male? Um, I got one of those Dear Brother Hergot emails a few months ago, and it was urging me to contact my representatives in Congress because apparently some universities are trying to create policies forcing single-sex organizations to become co-ed. Uh, they don't like that idea, obviously, but this email was trying to rally the troops by making the claim that only in single-sex organizations can young men and women enjoy a sense of personal development and belonging. Uh, those are their exact words. So reading this, and I'm reading it, and I can't help but be offended. You know, apparently my brother's personal development was only possible because none of us knew I was a woman. 
And that sense of belonging that I felt wouldn't have been possible if I'd understood my own gender. Um, that's, that's what they're trying to say, apparently. Um, but I, I really think it would have been more beneficial if we all had more exposure to the opposite sex. Um, it certainly would have helped in my case. Uh, that, that's the weird thing, though. I'm, I'm a walking contradiction of this group's core message. Uh, they decided I was worthy of membership, they, they benefited from my participation, and I'm a better person for having joined. But at the same time, they're now saying I would be ineligible, and all that's changed is one letter on my ID. Um, and it hurts, right? <laughs> that's, that's the part I'm really struggling with. Why, why am I still so attached to this men's organization even though I am not a man? Um, it seems like a thing I should be glad to leave behind, but I really felt accepted there, and it's hard to let that go. So I still haven't decided whether I want to go to convention. Um, I kind of want to do it just to make a statement, you know, force them to confront this idea that excluding women is necessary and beneficial. But I also want to just cut all ties and walk away. Um, it's not worth the effort, right? They, they don't want people like, people like me as members, and I don't belong in their club anymore. I, I broke the rules. And it's a shame, because I owe a lot to Delta Chi. Um, they taught me so many things, and I made amazing friends who I still keep in touch with. Um, I'd love to remain an active member, but it really depends on whether they can, at the very least, uh, recognize the fact that they do have women inside their supposedly all-male organization. Um, but the one thing I do know is this. Uh, when my brothers come out here in August, they will see me as their sister. Um, they still love me, and we're going to hug and laugh and talk about the old days. And they'll be glad I joined their club, even if I broke the rules. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>